Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. G'day, welcome to another edition of Aotearoa Rugby Pod. Jeff McTainch off the pine this week for the boss man, Ross Carl, and the usual suspects, <laughs> James Parsons, former All Black, Bryn Hall from the Crusaders. Good to see you, gents. Uh, what a weekend of footy. I'll start with you, Jip. What was your, your super game of the round? Oh, it'd have to be the one you called. Uh, that finish was uh, spectacular um, and, and always uh, a nice, uh, I suppose, to have all the teams playing. You know, we've had a bit of disruption, but to see both sides of the Tasman going great guns, I thought all, all six games were awesome. Yeah, it was great to see uh, what happened at Mount Smart Stadium, albeit without a crowd. So big for uh, Pacific Island rugby for Moana Pacifica. And uh, you just have to wonder when they get a crowd in there finally, uh, Bryn, uh, what that's going to do for that team for the game. Yeah, it is. I think, um, yeah, I think what Jip said, the, the, fi- the final finale of that, Jeff, with obviously your commentary, mate, was um, outstanding <laughs> and great for, for um, Danny Tuala as well to be able to score that try. And no doubt we'll go into a little bit more about that. But, um, yeah, it's going to be great, the fact that it's the Battle of the Bombays this week. Also, not the Battle of the Bombays. Um, you've got Moana Pacifica and the Blues this week in, a, in, a Auckland, in an Auckland battle of the 09, which has been um, the kind of advertisement. So hopefully there'll be a nice crowd there on a Tuesday night. It might be a little bit difficult, but um, I think, you know, the, the fans will be buoyed by their performance of Moana Pacific and getting their first win in the Super Rugby Pacific this year. I know what your game of the weekend was, mate, uh, getting that sweet revenge over the Chiefs after they knocked you over in Christchurch uh, a, week, a week before. Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think my, actually round, my, my game of the round was actually the force, the force game. Um, I thought that was an outstanding game. But um, coming back to your point around the, the Chiefs game, yeah, look, it was an awesome result for us, I think. Um, the way it kind of panned out with us um, losing them a fortnight ago, um, it kind of added a bit of fuel to fire. And the fact that David Harvilli brought up his 100th game as well, which was, was pretty um, special for, to be able to play a part of that. And, um, and yeah, again, I think we just um, did a lot of the things really, really well, whether it be through our kick pressure, um, the opportunities that we did have in our 22 areas, we were a lot more clinical in that and scoring points. Um, you look at kind of Cullen Grace's first try, that's kind of the momentum set the, set the game for us. Mm-hmm. And then um, just really good decisions. And, and I guess we finished really well, which probably the past the last time we played them, we didn't finish that last five, 10 minutes. Whereas in that, uh, that last quarter, we actually scored more points. Didn't have a lot of ball, but the, the opportunities that we did have, we ended up scoring more points in that last 20 minutes than the Chiefs did on the weekend. We'll get stuck into these games in more detail. A couple more quick fires, uh, one for you, Jip. Uh, the most improved team from the week and perhaps a team that maybe took a, a backward step. Well, I think most improved is probably the Rebels. Uh, I think their, their game's starting to come together and obviously they lost to the draw, so they would have enjoyed getting uh, one back on, on them. And 
probably the team that regressed was probably the, the Fijians. Or I thought I thought they went away from what was working for them. Um, you know, sort of taking penalty shots um, instead of going for the corner and chancing their arms. So I'm sure Mick will uh, run his line over the tape and, and make sure they bounce back this weekend. Grant, it's going to be interesting to see how the New Zealand sides stack up against the Aussies when we do get to that stage of the season. But the Brumbies, though, they're running hot, they're running well. Uh, are they the, uh, the team to beat in Super Rugby from the other side of the Tasman? Yeah, look, I think they are. And I think the balance around their game is where I'm most impressed with them. I think set-piece-wise, you know, they've got the ability to be able to go to their line-out more, which has been a weapon for them, weapon for them over the years. They scrummage well, but I think as well, when they get their backs in the game, whether it be Tom Banks or Tom Wright, the amount of um, pace and expect that they have it out wide, uh, they do it really well when they get the opportunity to be able to get there. And then I think their physicality and the breakdown as well. Um, yeah. You know, when they're getting those big forward, got those big ball, ball forwards going forward and on top of teams, it's bringing in the likes of Tom Wright, you know, and their, their midfield and pairings as well to be able to have opportunities and being able to attack in their face play shape. So they are sitting nicely, and um, I guess for them, um, it's been able to accumulate as many points as they have, which they have, they're undefeated, and then gives them really good confidence for us New Zealand teams in the back end of the competition. Bryn talked about ball carriers. Let's uh, get stuck into Moana Pacifica Hurricanes a little bit more. Uh, Jip, uh, and you look at a player like Henry Time Stowers uh, for them in the loose trio. Mm. He was aggressive. He was dominant on and off the ball. He was such a big part of, of their success. Um, we'll talk about him. But uh, did you see that result coming at all? Because all of the predictions, all of the, the, the talk before that game was Hurricanes by how much? Yeah. You know, not, not, not Moana Pacifica to, to win their first game. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And I think we sort of discussed it on here last week um, just around... They just needed to focus on themselves and, and take control of what they could. I still think they won't be happy with their discipline. Um, it definitely gave um, the Canes, <coughs> and that was the same problem they had against the Chiefs, but the Chiefs um, made them punish. But, man, that grit, determination, and, and, and their ability to get through that. But like you say, off the back of um, guys like Timo Stowers and, and you know Sam Slade, another one just rolling their sleeves up all night um, against a really uh, you know, a, a solid Hurricanes pack, and, and they'll take a lot of confidence from it. How did they tidy that penalty count up, Brim? Because uh, they were pinged heavily the week beforehand against the Chiefs. Uh, they did steady it up a little bit in that second half against the Hurricanes. But can, is there anything clear you can see to try and reduce that count? Because at the moment, it's, it's, it's heavily against them. Yeah, it is. And it's been a common trend, unfortunately, for the team, um, Minor Pacifica this year. But um, they have made improvements in the second half, you know. So the first half, the last two games that they've had, they've given away you know, almost 9 to 10 penalties or 11 penalties in the first half and then have been able to actually rectify it in the second half. So it's just been able to, it can be done because it has been done in the second half. So they just need to be able to get what their learnings that they do in the second half mm. and put it back in the first half because look, you give away two yellow cards. Like some of the stats, if you look in that first half, the Hurricanes had 406 metres in that first half to 75 metres of mm. the um, of the Minor Pacifica. And the fact that there was... 13 minutes of attack for the for the Hurricanes and just four minutes of attack for um, for Mono Pacifica. So, but it's coming back on the back of what Jip's talking about—the grit and determination. You know, going into halftime, you know, they probably should have been down. You know, you'd probably say three to four tries, but mm. for the fact that they showed a lot of resilience to be able to stay in it and stay in the game, to then be able to score 17 points in that last 20 minutes. Um, you know, it's a, it's a testament to our major what they're building around their culture and really been able to stay in and give them an opportunity to to win the game in an extra time, which was a great result for that for that team. We know they've got the attacking threats out wide, Jip. Uh, we've seen Levi Almoor used heavily in midfield to try and get them some advantage mm-hmm. line. But where do you think perhaps they can um, fix that line out and that scrum that was going backwards at times against the Canes? Yeah, look, it's just time in the saddle. Um, you know, they've you know, had a lot of things go against them with COVID. So the more, um, I suppose, 
games they get in, the more trainings they have together, the ability to keep combinations, a lot of changing in teams, you know, short turnarounds and stuff. So um, it, it's just a work in progress. Um, and, and you've also sometimes got to credit the teams that they're playing, uh, you know, have been around a long time, have played a lot of footy together, and they have that, um, I suppose, that, what, are, what does Ben Darwin call it? The cohesion, the cohesion. factor. <laughs> um, so uh, I think, I think it'll, it'll improve, just like they've already improved in these three games, the more time they get in the saddle. But it just takes work, um, and, and they'll, they'll make sure they get that done during the week. Quick turnaround for them, Bryn. They've got uh, the Blues tomorrow night at Mount Smart Stadium, then again on the weekend uh, at, at uh, Eden Park. Um, such an amount of rugby in a short frame of uh, a period of time for this team. Do you think they can handle it? Oh, look, I think if you look back and it's going to be tough because, again, it is tough to be able to play these kind of intensity, this kind of intensity um, consistently over a, a short period of time. But, you know, we probably talk around like the Bunnings NPC. Sometimes when you get those storm weeks where you're playing um, short turnarounds um, and you're especially on a bit of a roll like that, you almost want to get back out, back mm-hmm. out on the field. So it would be a little bit harder for coaching and kind of the trends that they will see with the Blues. Um, and obviously you won't get as much prep and be able to analyse the team. But I guess for me personally, if I was a player like that and get an opportunity to then just recover and be able to play on the back of the form that they did on the weekend, um, it kind of just makes you feel more energetic to be able to play out there. So, But what it does do, it gives guys a lot of opportunities. You know, there's um, a bit of changes in both teams. And so it's been able to see who's best adapt and been able to adapt with the the small to the, the short turn, especially from Wider Pacifica. So hopefully they can, the new guys that do come in, um, they can be able to perform with the boys how they did um, on the weekend getting that win. I think it's always good when those storm weeks, though, um, from a playing point of view and sort of from a coach, because it makes you really sharp, because you have to be sharp mm. on your review, get it done, move into you know the preview pretty quickly. And, and it probably brings the best out of um, teams. Like I know at Harbour, we always used to love mm. it because we would get on that roll and, and there was probably less time to overthink what had gone wrong, yeah. and you just have to move on to the next game. So I think it's, um, you know, it can be looked at both ways. We saw a number of changes uh, for this next game against the Blues for Minor Pacifica, but based on that last game we saw against the Hurricanes, we've talked about Henry Time Stowers and others that uh, have international experience. Do you think some of them have put their hand up for perhaps some international rugby down the track? Oh, yeah. Look, I think there's a number in there who are currently um, involved in squads that are playing extremely well. Um, I don't know where um, Levi Almour, um, you know, if he's still wanting to, um, you know, chase a black jersey or if he wants to, you know, be in the Pacific Nations team. I'm not too sure, but he, he's, he's been great. Like, even pre-season against the Chiefs, he, he, he stood out and, and he's just getting better and better. And um, when he was at the Blues, you know, he didn't get that many opportunities, but he's got himself in great nick. Like, he's, he is shredded yeah. to bits and he's fit and he's, he's hungry and he's making a huge statement. Danny Tuala brought a nice, uh, I guess, narrative yeah. for him that the, the time he had at the Hurricanes to come and then and do do that and create some history for um, Moana Pacifica, Pacific Islands rugby. Such a big night, just a, a dream result to, 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 I guess, see him come full circle in some ways. Yeah, it is, mate. And I think he even talked about it in the post-match interview when he scored that try. He's breathing a little bit, obviously, with the celebrations of scoring that final try. But um, he just said he really enjoys enjoys the culture and what it's all about and what they're kind of um, they're. they're I guess, making in that kind of team. And so you could see how the kind of expressions that he's having and how much enjoyment he's having. And, and to be honest, it's an, it's an opportunity as well. There's a lot of opportunities for a lot of those guys. You know, you look at Eddie Inardi is another opportunity that he's been able to play at that level. Um, and so, you know, the more time that those guys have been able to play in these kind of environments and playing at this kind of level, they're just going to be able to gain that cohesion that Ben Darwin talks about and being able to have more confidence in playing in, in games like this. So, you know, if you're the Samoan coach or, or whoever the Tongan coach or whoever... 
is available. Um, you know, guys like that are putting their hands up, and hopefully, you know, they are young and they might have aspirations to maybe put on the black jersey. But um, having the aspirations to maybe play for their home country is another option for them while playing in this competition. We saw a number of changes to the Hurricanes for that game. Uh, Aidan Morgan had a start at ten. I thought he played pretty well for a young kid uh, running the cutter for them. But where do you think? perhaps jip that they went backwards against minor pacific and maybe took the foot off the gas and how do they rectify that for the chiefs yeah look i think it'll be in the collision areas um you know like uh, minor pacifica really stood up um in in the contact areas and and that just stemmed their flow because when the hurricanes got it right man they, they scored points as well and and you know made it look um quite quite easy at times so I think that's what they'll go back to is, is the numbers one to eight up front, um, providing that sort of platform that we saw from the Crusaders, just brutal um, dominance, and, and, and they'll bounce back from it. They've got a lot of experience and depth to come back as well. Yeah. We saw what happened. Let's talk about the Chiefs Crusaders now, Bryn. Uh, we saw what happened. We saw the end result of the hard work you boys put in uh, at training um, in, in the lead-up to this game. What, what was talked about uh, in the group after that result in Christchurch and, and how you guys wanted to put things right for when you headed up to, to the Waikato? Yeah, look, it was a really, a really awesome week of training, I think. Um, you know, to be honest, it was more so mentally and being able to get your prep right because we played them just previously the fortnight ago. So um, we did alter a few little things, but I think the biggest thing for us, two things really, was the breakdown um, defensively. You know, we had nine steals, whether it be with a jackal, and then we had an extra five, whether it be a flood or a stacking um, of opposition. So defensively, we were, we were really good in that, even though we did score for a couple of first-phase strikes that the Chiefs did really, really well. But then I think our, our lightning quick ball was the best it has been the whole year. And, um, you know, you look at that first try, the ability that, you know, Scott Barrett runs at that, at that line, but our clean-out as well from George Bridge and others. And then Cullen Grace on top of that playing at speed was was really um, crucial for us and I think also our, our kicking game we wanted to have a massive emphasis on our kicking game especially whether it be off of a box kicks off Jamie or myself and then Richie in the first probably 20-30 minutes it's a really good um, contestables as well off him so um, look, I just think a variety of play that we wanted to play um, the game management side was really a massive improvement for us compared to last time and then our finish as well the last 20 minutes uh, we really um, finished them even though the fact we didn't actually have a lot of the ball but the opportunities that we did here, we ended up scoring two tries to their one, and we gave away no penalties in that, in that last quarter. We only gave away four penalties this time, and we've talked about a lot on this podcast, Chip, with our <laughs> discipline. Um, and so for us, our discipline was at world class. We only had four penalties, and we didn't really let the, the Chiefs breathe in that, in, that, in that whole encounter. What were your thoughts on the, on the contest, Chip? Mate, uh, just the brutality of it, like two um, you know, packs that like to you know, show their dominance um, in, in those collision areas, and I just thought... Yeah, like Bryn said, that first try just set the tone. Like, I don't think the Chiefs were too far off. I just, I feel like the Crusaders. I don't know. They were just men possessed. It was, it was certainly, um, it was nice to be sitting on my couch, not being at the bottom of one of those rucks. I will tell you that for free. Um, no, Peter Gus, so I'll call it. Um, how much of a, a disadvantage did that put the Chiefs at, given the way that he's been playing, the form he's been in? Yeah, I just think the impact he's had, um, you know, the big big moment plays that he's, you know, with his offload game or scoring tries himself, he, he was definitely, um, you know, a missing factor. I don't, and, you know, Bryn, you can probably attest to it more, but um, it just shows how good a touch he's in and his ability mm. um, to have an impact in games and how important he is um, for them going forward. Yeah, I think, look, I think it was. I think, you know, any time we have been playing uh, the Chiefs, you know, Sawa Kula is a big part of our preview and review, been, sorry, our preview to be able to stop him. You know, whether that be picks through the middle, he's really good at that. 
And then also just his ability off the back of a scrum, being able to get outside. And we've talked around um, a lot of New Zealand eights or eights in the world that are explosive off the back of a scrum. Now how hard it is to defend. But I think, Jip, you bring up a really good point. Big moments in games. Mm. He scored tries at pretty crucial times for, for the Chiefs. And so, I um, mean, you know, any time you lose that kind of player, especially with the hot form that he's in, um, it's always tough. And, you know, obviously um, it's really tough. And hopefully he does come back because, again, he's been, a, you know, you'd probably say arguably maybe the top three performers in the, in the Super Rugby Pacific this year. One of those top performers is Will Jordan, over 140 metres running, turnovers galore. What can he do? Where do we see him fitting in on the international scene for the All Blacks? Is he going to stay out on the edge or does he go to fullback? I mean, that's, this is the, the water cooler discussion. You've got so much talent in that back three conversation. Where does, where does Will fit? He's in there, surely. Yeah, he's, def- oh, he's definitely in there, man. He's, he's, he's in some rich vein of form, but, man, how long has this form been? Like, he, it's like two or three years now for the Crusaders when he's played for the All Blacks. He's, you know, he's got that magic touch of um, being able to score tries. So um, he, he'll, he'll be either obviously at the back or on, on one of the wings. But I, I have to say, like, Geordie Barrett's playing bloody well as well. You know, like, he, it's, it's, it's always the go-to uh, combo. And I suppose we used to have it about Ben Smith as well, where he fits in best. So um, I, I think he's yeah. performed really well in the black jersey on the right wing. And, and I think that's probably um, where, where they'll go with um, initially. Um, with Geordie playing so well, you, you know, you've got to be, you know, have the ability to get him out there as well. What do you reckon, Bryn? Is it, is, it, is it so much of an issue when you're in the back three on the international stage these days? Do you think whether you have a wee bit more space and time running from 15, is that going to matter so much for Will? Will we see him stay on the wing, do you think? Well, I think it's hip, you know, I think if he does get given the opportunity, um, which could happen, I think, you know, you probably see scenes that you've seen, you know, the last probably couple of years at Super Rugby. But I think at this time, you know, having Geordie and Will on at the same time, they both have different strengths and abilities and which are kind of um, positives for the All Blacks in, in that environment. So, um, look, but look, Will's in, you're right, Jeff, he's in a rich round of form for a long period of time. And so that is at fullback. But again, you know, you look at Rico and his ability to be able to go from centre to wing. You know, people would arguably say he's one of the best wingers in the world, but mm. his ability to play centre. So, you know, it's no different from Will if he is given an opportunity through injury or just gets an opportunity to play fullback. You know, we'll probably see how he's going to be playing at Super Rugby, which would be great. But I think, again, um, he can play on the wing and, you know, you'd probably say he might be arguably the best winger on the right-hand side <laughs> in the world. So um, it doesn't matter. It's, it's more so just, you know, you pick him uh, based on form and you just have him at 14 or 15 and you probably just work Geordie and and well at the same time with how they're both playing at the moment. Absolutely, chuck him in there. Brodie Retallick, uh, Jip Quintupaya, both leaving uh, that match mm. injured. How, how much of an impact is that going to make uh, on Clayton McMillan's side going forward? Oh, look, I, speaking to Sam Kane the, the other day, and he just says, like, Brodie's presence at training and, and, and just that intensity he brings. So in terms of their prep week, you know, he, he'll still be around, but I suppose it's, it's what he does with his shoulders and... Um, I suppose his leg drive and, and contact and running those line-out sessions will, will be a big hole. But as we've sort of spoken about, the amount of um, you know, all-black locks they've got there, um, I, think, I think they'll be able to cover it all right. But it's more that leadership and experience. And uh, Quinn Tupai, I mean, Alex Nangfield's probably going to fill another spot. <laughs> um, <laughs> is, is there anywhere he doesn't play? No. And he plays so well everywhere he goes. He, he's, on, he's on fire as well. So... Um, Look, again, I think Quinn's been playing really well, Bryn, um, you know, and he's, he's been providing the comms that I think's brought out the best in Gats. So it's about yes. making sure that, you know, having the ability to, to keep that going, whoever fills his spot. Mm. Has that been a big part, do you yeah. think, Bryn, of, of the, I guess, the emergence in some ways this season of, we all, we all know he's had it and has got it, you've played with him plenty at provincial level, but 
Bryn Gatlin bringing it to the line. It's 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 great to see. And, and as Jip's alluding to, perhaps those comms with with an All Black like mm. Win. Yeah, it does. Anytime you can have you know All Blacks inside and outside, outside you, it's going to make your job a lot easier. And probably the success, you know, probably bar the weekend, um, you know the. The Chiefs breakdown in their lightning quick ball has been been able to have yeah. Bryn to be able to on on top of them and been able to you know ask questions defensively. You know their structure with their three forwards outside Bryn. You know been able to have three options from that with where a lightning quick ball. Yeah. It makes it really really easy as a decision maker to put the ball where it's supposed to be. And then um, he's been able to at- attack the line as well. So I think if you do you lose you lose Quinn. I think Nink, um, Alex Nankful has been in a rich reign of form. We've talked about it a lot, not just this year, but probably last year in yeah. Mouldy's jerseys or even at the Chiefs, even at the Tasman Marco, has played great for them. So I don't think they actually lose a lot with Quinton, uh, with um, Quinn Quinny going, but um, you probably bring, hopefully ALB can come back in and then Nank slots, um, slots in straight in there. But um, yeah, hopefully Bryn can keep the senior that form because um, you know it's been great probably the last you know, two to three weeks. He'll get a street named after him, Alex Nankiewicz, in Nelson and in he, Hamilton, I'm sure. He must have to come into the um, discussion for international footy. You know, like he has been mm. playing some good footy and he has the ability to cover so many spots. He, he certainly is putting his hand up to be in a conversation, surely. Yep. How good is the, the, oh, the Marco midfield? We've got Al Moore, we've got Nankiewicz. Every, every game I watch, there seems to be a thin up. You know, they're everywhere. <laughs> On top of a great lid, I was trying to say before as well with, with Alex. Um, hey, guys, uh, Razor said during the week that um, David Harvey, the most multi-skilled player he's, he's had the pleasure of coaching. Mm. Interested to, to hear your thoughts on uh, the most skilled player that you guys have, have, have played with in your careers. What, what about you, Jip, firstly? Oh, like... like I know I only had had a brief time with him, but some of the stuff Bowden Barrett did at training um, was just freakish. Like his his skill set um, and his individual ability to make something out of nothing um, was was probably the best I've seen uh, in, in my time there. Yeah, we hope his head knocks yeah. uh, not too bad after that uh, that game in, in Dunedin. What about you? What about you, Brent? Honestly, I, th- I I honestly think it's Dave. David Harvilli, I think um, his all-round game and his ability, his distribution, uh, whether he was at fullback and his, when he first started and probably the first time that I was there, under pressure um, was world-class. And then his communication skills from fullback and then coming into 12, again, it is such a strength of his as well. And so um, he can kick, he's tough defensively, puts himself in, in good positions and then um, and leads really well. So, you know, for me, I think Razor's spot on around that. I've been fortunate enough to be able to spend a lot of time with him, and I get to see it on an everyday basis. And I kid you not, every training I do, you just think, man, that is just like, you just sit back and think, man, how does he keep doing that? And he does it consistently at training. And so when I see that at training, um, I'm not surprised at all when I see that, that kind of stuff on the field when he's setting guys up, whether it's his run, kick, or passing. Yeah, I was a pretty big fan, uh, to be honest, of uh, Sonny Bill. Uh, when he was playing in New Zealand, the the, uh, the skill set he had, of of course. Um, let's talk about the Highlanders against the Blues, and we, we did mention, uh, unfortunately, that Bowden went off with that head knock, uh, but they got the job done. It just gets worse uh, for the Highlanders. Are the Blues? We'll start with them. Are they? Can they be considered in that favourites kind of conversation? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. At this stage of the season, Jim? Uh, really? Oh, yeah, I think, I think that there'll be the big fixture that's been um, postponed. That, that'll be the true test um, going down to Christchurch. Uh, but look, I think they'll be really happy with their ability to turn defence into attack. Uh, I, I, you know, and their ability when they go into the 22 now, they're coming away with points pretty much every time, and that's that's something we haven't seen in the past or, or been able to do on a regular basis. So those parts of their game are, are going well. Where they will be probably a little bit concerned is how, how long they were on D for, especially in that second half, and and obviously covering that front line, but. They were quite easy tries for Gilbert that just walked through, so there'll be a few um, lessons there defensively. Um, but outside of that, I, th- I think you know it was probably the first time their set piece maybe didn't go as well as um, they'd like. But I-, I think they're they're a team that wins the collision areas, and we've spoken about the importance of that um, time and time again. And if if they can get that right um, and provide that fast ball, and and for guys like even Stevie P, if Bodie's not there, yeah. um, you know they're, they're they're a real threat. And let's. Make no bones, you get that ball into Caleb Clark's hand, something's going to happen. Yeah, you talk about uh, it wasn't the greatest night on set piece with uh, the Landers pinching a wee bit of pill at the line-out, but Caleb Clark, you've mentioned him. Bruni went away and, and had a crack at the sevens. Uh, he's come back and he looks like a guy that is like, hey, look, I'm here, I want this back, I want this jersey and the All Blacks back. He, he's no, you know, no, no bones about it the way he's playing. Do we see Caleb Clark this year on the left wing for the All Blacks? Oh look, it's he's he's definitely put himself in that um, in that conversation. I think you know the time that he's probably spent with Roger Tuivasa-Shek, you can probably see with how lean and um, mm. and how fast and electric he is. Like Jim, you probably have seen that as well when he first came on the scene. You know how um, coming back from that sevens in the first time, um, he came back fit and roaring, rearing to go, and looked fast and and looked explosive and powerful. And he seems like he's got that back with that time spent with Roger in that kind of uh, lockdown period and being able to get real fit and fast. Because I'll tell you what. Every time he touches the ball, with that try he scored on the weekend, like oh. it's not an easy try. No. Not everybody. <laughs> but he scores makes that it look try. so easy. It's ridiculous. He makes it look so easy that you're going, you're going through two people at full speed. <laughs> and it doesn't seem like it stops him at all. Yeah. You know. So now that is one, that is one positive that you do bring. Um, you could bring an international level as well. You know, that kind of. There's not many opportunities where you kind of get that. I guess space in front of you where there's nobody in front of you you've got one or two guys that you've got to be able to defeat to be able to score tries or get over the advantage line and you know Caleb Clark you know, that's one of the massive positives that he can do to his game so um, he's doing really really well and you know for us I hope he doesn't do that against us but for the Blues I'm presuming their fans um, they want him to continue seeing um, Caleb at that but hot rich frame of form let's, let's not forget he's got a well-rounded game it's not just his power running like mm. his contestable game mm. his ability in the, in the air under the high ball that's why fullbacks going to wings at international level works so well because that, that contestable game is such a massive part. And I think that's an area where he's just got, um, you know, he's growing yeah. in strength, strength. You know, he's catching it sort of AFL style above his head. Yeah. Um, you know, he doesn't give up on any, you know, a kick's only as good as a chase. And he's nine times out of ten, he's right up there in the mix with it. So I, I think 
there's some you know finer touches to his game that people sometimes w will miss because of the the highlights package that is rolling um, over the top of people or between them. Just quickly again on, on Caleb, um, perhaps if, if the All Blacks coaches are looking at balance Bryn, in, in a back three situation, um, as you said, yeah, he does have more than his power game, but using him offset piece at sort of first receiver, Bryn would be mm. uh, yeah, pretty devastating if he gets a bit of bit of pace on. Well, that's it. I think if you look at um, when the South African when we played against the South Africans, you know, a lot of time when you're winning that ball at the front, um, a lot of the a lot of the, our strikes is given it straight to the winger, and you know whether they be with like the likes of George Bridge and Will, which they have a lot of really good strengths, but you know the fact that sometimes if you're running into a seven or a hooker in that transition zone, and you've got a like guy like Caleb, who you know if you want to use him as a batting ram for that example, he's a guy that could possibly get you over the advantage line to then start flowing into your into your, your shapes or your kind of maps off that. So, um, but you know, I think you know he's not only just that. There's a there's a massive strength of, of his being able to run over top of people and being able to get over the advantage line. But whether it be, you know, contestable games, chasing the ball, he's a, he's a quick man. He catches the ball like an AF style. And, you know, if he continues to keep having those second and third efforts, you know, then um, he'll definitely, definitely be in that um, all-black squad announced pretty soon. Leon McDonald is lucky he's got the, a guy like Stephen Petrofetta that can come off the bench when, mm. when Bodie goes down. I mean, not every franchise has that luxury of, uh, of quality 10s um, in, the, in the setup. How significant is the loss of Bowden Barrett if indeed... It uh, does go on for a few weeks uh, for the Blues. Oh, look, it's significant because he's a he's a freakish talent. Um, but I think what we've you know learned over the years that you've got to have that squad depth. I mean, that's what's been so key to the success of the Crusaders is once one falls down, another one steps up. And I think that's what you're starting to see with the Blues. That you know, you know, Stevie's been around a while and and he's you know played a number of games, but injuries sort of you know plagued him. But he's he's fit. He's off the back of a massive season with Taranaki. Um, and he has the ability to play 10 and 15. Um, and, I, and I think you know, he's another one that he can keep putting his hand up for higher honours because he's definitely of the ability to, to go and, and test himself at that level. Yeah, I think it is. I think, look, any time you lose Bowden Barrett, um, it's, it's tough. But I think, you know, coming back to Jip's point around the depth in that squad at, at the moment, you know, it seems like it doesn't matter who's playing, um, it's just next man gets the job done. And so very similar to our environment, like Jip said, um, your expectation is to be able to come in, nail your role and do it at a high level. And a lot of those Blues boys now, with, with Rangi being there, Leon and the kind of coaching stuff that they have, um, they've instilled that in their players. And you're seeing that with high performance like Stevie P coming off the bench, scoring a crucial try and a crucial moment in that game. Um, and what he brings, you know, his, if you're talking around attacking the ball at the line off good go forward ball, you know, Stevie P, um, it's a massive strength of his that, um, that he can bring to that Blues team as well. So... Um, yeah, it's, ex it's exciting because, you know, like you, like you said, Jim, I think, you know, Stevie has been around for a while and it just seems that it's clicked through that Taranaki Bunnings NPC campaign, winning, you know, winning, um, you know, for that, for that team, them going undefeated. He was a massive part of that and now it's great to see, you no, know, like, you know, we talk about Bryn and his growth from going from Bunnings NPC going into Super Rugby and now it's great to see Stevie P being able to do it at 10 and also 15 as well. The Highlanders, guys, uh, it hasn't been a fantastic start to the season by any stretch of the imagination. Only winless team in Super Rugby Pacific now. Uh, Jip, they've got Moana Pacifica coming up. Yeah, OK, you could say perhaps before the weekend maybe that would be a game they'd be targeting, but it's anyone's guess now. Do you see them getting on the horse soon with a win, and do you think they will perform better against the Australian sides? Yeah, look, I think that they're not far off. Like They've created a lot of opportunities. The, the problem that they've had is not being able to turn that, those opportunities or that pressure into points um, more often than not. And then I suppose on the flip side is, is stopping points as well is a big part of it. So, um, you know, defensively they're, they're, they're strong, 
but the, the tries are starting to mount, so it's about getting a collective buy-in there and, and making sure they make the adjustments there because that can be just as crucial because I think we saw on the weekend they've got the ability to put them on the board, but unfortunately they're just missing out um, by you know, small margins um, <coughs> due to the fact that they, they're letting in more points. So I'd say that's the biggest focus area is just tidying up their defence um, so it allows them to you know, take the benefit of, of what they're doing on attack. Oh, I think we've talked about it, they'll be bitterly disappointed. But I think on the weekend as well, they were, I thought two of their tries, they were, they were really unlucky. Like, I think this try in the 38th minute when Nuggy, you know, puts a lot of pressure on the back of the scrum and then Sammy gets that ball away with Nani being a little bit tight and then scoring that try, I thought that was a crucial moment. You know, if they can get away with that, not scoring points there, it changes, the, changes mm-hmm. that mood going into half-time. And then that 65th minute, you know, when they put the line-out pressure on, they get the ball back, ball doesn't bounce their way. And then they end up going down into their 22 zone and end up scoring a try from that, you know what I mean? So it just kind of seems that, like, I think what you said, Jip, around, like, they've made opportunities, they've had opportunities, and, you know, they ended up scoring three tries in that second half, which they'll probably take a lot of confidence on finishing them and executing them. But um, unfortunately, sometimes when you're you're in a bit of a rut, um, things happen like those two tries that, you know, you probably think if they don't score those two tries off the kind of bat of that, um, it might be a little bit different. So I think one thing, like I said, the confidence that they can take has been able to score those three tries in the second half, and that was the kind of the traditional way of what we've seen. The Highlanders been able to go to a high phase, can have a bit of variety around the game, running off Fakatava and Aaron Smith, and building pressure, and been able to then finish at a high phase count, which they have probably lacked in the past before that game. Is it perhaps the the collision maybe where they want to pull their socks up a wee bit and, and a bit more um, assertiveness at, at the breakdown? I mean, they've got the they've got the cattle there, don't they, Jeff? If you look through that, that eight of, of the landers, and Gareth Evans, Frizzell, and, and James Lynch. A guy that goes, you know, probably because they are on a losing streak, it doesn't get spoken about, but Shannon Frizzell is a, in some form. Like, he, he has mm-hmm. been, um, you know, talk about winning collisions. He's been doing it time and time mm-hmm. again. And, and they've certainly got the cattle. They've, they've got the big men to do it. And I feel like they do do it, you know, for the most part. It's just it's just getting across the line or taking the three points right. that has been the been the problem. So it's all there. Um, they're, they're a well coached side. So just look out when it does turn, um, because you know, obviously with eight teams in the final, they they potentially can position themselves in that eight, and, and then it's all on when it comes to finals footy. Guys, let's talk about the Australian matches. Um, we saw a couple of red cards uh, across the weekend, uh, which I want to talk about and get your opinion on. Tom Banks of the Brumbies, he was carded for uh, a tackle attempt resulting in a head clash. We also saw something similar at, uh, at Mount Smart with Levi Almore uh, involved there. And then, of course, uh, Dane Zander from the Reds, innocuous high tackle missed in general play, also sent off. Your thoughts on those on those two cards? It's pretty straightforward to me. Like we we know as players that if, if you go around near yeah. the head, um, it's your responsibility as the defender to make sure you do that dip, um, and and we avoid head clashes because you know it's becoming more and more common that players are having to, you know, have big spells out of the game due to concussion, and, and that's that's a necessary change that has to be made, and and it's in the rules there. Like Bryn, you you'll know um, any time you go near the head as a player, you 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 know you're probably looking mm-hmm. at red. Yeah, I think the Reds one was um, was really easy to have that decision. We know the shoulder was straight to the head um, and being a red car, I think it was deserving of that. I was a little bit, I felt really tough for Tom Banks in that situation, just with the kind of scenario of where the tackle was made. Because if you look at that, when they score that try, Tom Banks is coming across and, you know, the kind of mission they were saying is that he didn't dip. But if he dips and he goes kind of a little bit lower, then there's a possibility of an offload in the inside. So... 
you kind of want to have that tackle of ball and all. And the fact that, you know, if you look at, take away his head and him being able to obviously hit head on head, the actual tackle technique of his shoulder and being able to get the ball high actually isn't too bad. So, um, but with the laws and how it is going, it is a yeah. red card because it was obviously head on head. And so it is deserving of a red card. But I just think it's really tough because in situational football, sometimes you obviously do want to have the best technique. But when a guy's going to score a try that's right by the line, you almost, you can't afford to dip and go low because mm. they can't get that offload to go and they score a try on the inside if you go a little bit lower. So um, really tough for Tom Banks and situational just for me as, as a rugby player and seeing that because I know what he was thinking around stopping that ball. But with how the laws are going and how it's going, if you whether it be a shoulder to the head or to head on head like we're seeing in the Six Nations, um, you're going to get a red card and you're going to be able to be going to came, 20 minutes. He came off worse, didn't he, I suppose? The yeah, he did. Yeah, it, did. You know, he, he looked a little bit groggier than... A bit like Chris probably. Rock at the Oscars. Yes, yeah, with the, with the right hand. Um, <laughs> hey guys, I, I want to you know ask you. Sorry, 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 Jeff. Sorry, Jeff. But do you know what I mean, Jeff? There's a rugby like. Did you uh, find that? I oh, know it's by the. I law, see what you mean, mate. And it was an awkward angle, and, and I totally understand that. But we've seen time and time again players be red carded, mm. and they've been told you've got a responsibility. There may be some mitigating circumstances that may lower it, but you know you've got a responsibility mm. to, um, you know. And and I agree that he's still going to have to get on the ball and and maybe not be a low chop tackle, but, um, you know, you just can't lead with your noggin. Because it, it, it's, not, it's not great for Tom either. You know, like, he, 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 doesn't, he doesn't come out of it unscathed. He needs a power um, too, exactly. Yeah, um, so... <laughs> hey, just, just on player safety, guys, because you both make spot-on points about it, how, how we have to keep the, the other player uh, safe. So, uh, with, with that said, uh, Leval Moore on Wes Huyson in the weekend at Mount Smart, head clash... His arms appeared to be coming around for a wrap, but it was head-on-head, head and he was yellow-carded. But then we also saw a situation where Aidan Morgan was involved in a tip tackle on Willie Havili, and he was penalised, and mm. there was no card there. I know that um, the guys uh, in the commentary team were a little bit surprised by that. I mean, uh, was that the right call, do you think, Bryn? Or, or, or perhaps did, was that one where uh, maybe they got it wrong in terms of the consistency of, of officiating through that game? Oh, yeah, look, you can, you know, it can be a, a yellow card because of the fact that we've been able to see it um, and we've been able to go over it and look at it and see the angle and that. But, you know, rest are human as well, you know what I mean? So, you know, us as players, sometimes we make mistakes around calls and that, but we all we do want is consistency. And that's what, you know, refs are usually pretty good around that consistency. So, um, but, you know, it could have been a yellow card, but I think, you know, moving forward, just consistency around. If it is a tip tackle, you know, nine times out of ten now with the laws that we are talking about player safety, it's a, it's a yellow card. So, um, unfortunately, they just missed that one. But, you know, I think they've been pretty consistent around red cards and yellow cards and kind of what the laws have been, whether it being a tip tackle or a head on head or a shoulder on head. So, you know, we'll, we'll, let, we'll let that one slip, mate. <laughs> Let's talk about the officiating over the ditch uh, in Australia. We've seen a lot of, I guess, lo- longer stoppages with the way that they're officiating the game over there. Do you think, perhaps, uh, Jip, that that might, um, you know, hurt Australian teams when they come? to play New Zealand sides or on the other side of things do you think New Zealand teams will uh, will actually find that a little bit tougher with the strict officiating from the Aussies? Well we spoke about this at length last season and the importance of the team that adjusts um, the, the, the fastest to different officiating is going to have the most success and um, it, it will be different um, and, and that's fine it's just there's a lot of work that goes into understanding refs trends and um, the way they go about their work in, in your preparation as players now uh, so you, you sort of know what you're going into um, if you've done the work and the prep right. So I don't think it'll be drastic, but it definitely is a factor 
um, we see teams that are normally the championship winning teams, they seem to adjust to refs um, a lot faster from, from you know, the start of the game. There's always a line set you know, by refs, they'll, they'll penalise you early to, to make it clear where, and, and the teams that go, okay, we know we can't go there and they adjust the fastest, they normally get on the right side of refs and, and have a good result. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how, how, how it all shapes uh, at the, uh, the back end of this competition with the Australian teams playing the New Zealand uh, sides, uh, Bryn. How do you think, I mean, it's, when you look at that log at the, uh, the end of each weekend and you see the Brumbies up there, you see the, the Reds there as well, how do you think they're going to actually go when it, when it comes to playing the New Zealand sides? How do you think it'll shake down? Oh, look, I think, you know, they'll take learnings from they had when they played us last year. I think, you know, there's a bit of time where they played Super Rugby AU and we were only playing, you know, Super Rugby Aotearoa, but then us playing last year, correct me if I'm wrong, they had two wins against New Zealand teams last year. Was that yeah. right? I think so. Yeah, two wins, yeah. So mm. I think, you know, yeah, so they'll, they'll know that and what, that, what that's going to be able to, the difference of size that we do play. And I think, you know, one set that actually um, one of our analysis guys um, brought up, John Gardner, was just around the difference in ball and player or the difference between Super Rugby Aotearoa and obviously Super Rugby AU. At the moment, you know, the ball and play for New Zealand games is, is roughly 39 to 40 minutes in games, which is kind of at the Six Nations. And yes, it is a little bit of a different style, but the ball and play is 30 to 40, 40 minutes. Whereas in the Australian games, there's only been one game that's been at that kind of 38 minutes level of ball and play. And it's, it's, it's pretty much at around that 32 minutes mark of ball and play. So I think... The ability of the Australian team to adapt and being able to play a high, uh, more of a high brand or high tempo game, or being able to make more tackles, having the ball and play, and under that fatigue, I think that's going to be a crucial part for the Australian teams moving forward because um, the ball is in play against a lot more for New Zealand teams now. Now four to five minutes might not seem a lot for our um, for our viewers, but actually as players, um, having that extra timing in game is actually a big uh, part of running more running more meters, having more longer phases counts, and putting teams under a lot more pressure. So. I think if the Australians can adapt to that, um, when they do play the New Zealand teams, um, it'll set them up really well um, to maybe get results for us in the back end of the part of the year. Those are, those are high numbers, isn't it? Like that's quite high. I, I remember yeah. that when a few years ago, uh, 36 minutes was considered, you know, a pretty big game. So getting up to 39, 40, especially if you're a big boy, yeah. um, <laughs> it'll yeah. it'll be uh, testing the lung capacity. That's for sure. Yeah, just ask the minor Pacifica players on the on the weekend um, going to Golden Point. <laughs> hey guys, it's time we uh, talk a wee bit about the uh, Rugby Pass SRP Dream Team. <clears throat> now, who made your dream team for round six, Jip? Oh, well, get into it. Will Jordan at fifteen, um, Caleb Clark at eleven. Struggled with, uh, I've gone with uh, Manasa Mataele. He, he had the most running metres over the weekend. He was exceptional um, at, at, for the force. Uh, George Bridge, I know your mate down there, probably worthy of a mention there, uh, Brenner. I've gone Levi Almoa at 13. Um, Alex Nankervo at 12. I know he played 13, but I just couldn't leave him out. Um, Gats uh, remaining at 10. Sam Nock is a, is a, is a new one uh, yeah. at, at 9. Uh, notable mention to Cullen Grace, but... Um, Henry Stowers at eight. Rob Valentini had a huge game. He's at six. Tom Christie, I thought he was he was massive around those defensive breakdowns. So he gets in at seven. Uh, James Tucker, Scott Barrett, Locks, Taniela Tupo, um, Scott Co. The props and and the reserve hooker for the Drua, Tavita Ikianivere, uh, has had 81 running meters. <laughs> he was massive off the pine, <laughs> and so he's going in at number two. 
Oh, it, uh, when we were down for the game against the Chiefs, against you boys, uh, Brent, we were watching the Fiji and Drua game that followed, and um, Goldie was standing there, he was looking at Tim, and he goes, that's a prop running, like, like 45 <laughs> metres. Like, we were all, we, you know, we were just great to see. It's a hell of a put down too. It was great, it was, it was outstanding. Who made your team, Brent? Mm. Uh, yep, so we'll just, I'll start from the, the big boys. I've actually gone CEO as well at prop to start off. I've gone Cody Taylor, um, who played 80 minutes on the weekend. Uh, we actually had Brady McAllister, who got ruled out um, early doors and any time a hooker jip, as you know, going oh, 80 yeah. minutes is, uh, is it's a just such a crucial to, position to that, to that position. Um, I've actually gone a notable mention for Ollie Jaeger um, for the Crusaders. I thought he was good on the weekend, but I've actually gone Tupo as well. I've gone Scotty Barrett at four, and I've actually gone Sam Slade from Moana Pacifica. Nice, yeah. So I thought he was a massive, a massive player in um, that victory for Moana Pacifica on the weekend. Um, I've gone Valentini, Tom, Tom Christie, who I actually thought has probably had his best game in the Crusaders jersey. Huge, eh? The reason why I say that. Not just we know that defensively he can make a lot of tackles, but he had four turnovers in the breakdown, which was massive for us on the weekend. Um, I've gone Stowers again with at eight. I've gone Sam Knock at nine. I've actually gone Adam Morgan for the Hurricanes in ten. Well. Um, I thought the way that he actually played, um, he did a lot of good things and probably just picked Brenner in the end, who's had a good uh, rich reign of form the last two weeks. Uh, I've gone Caleb Clark, notable mention from Manasa Matili, uh, but I thought Caleb in the big moment in that game was needed. Um, I've gone David Harvilli. I thought, I thought played really well in his 100th game. I've gone Alex Nankerville, who scored those two tries and was outstanding for the Chiefs. And I've gone, I had to put George Bridge on there. He's not on my left wing, but he's on my right wing. I thought his aerial um, skills on the week, I don't know, I think he got three or four um, catches back, whether it be off Richie, Mitchie, Drummy, or, my, uh, or Richie Mwanga. And I've actually gone Will Jordan, who was my man for the, for the week and my MVP. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Uh, guys, uh, we have to mention also that the Dream Team winner this week is uh, Harry Burke. Congratulations, Harry. You win a, a year-long subscription to Rugby Pass Plus, and uh, you're also in the draw. Of course, at the end of the season, the overall winner will get a chance to come on the show and chat with these two gentlemen. Before we go, <laughs> we need to talk about your golf game today and your new oh, three-wood. Oh, that yeah. How did yeah. end up? The old, uh, old three-wood uh, was going well and, and managed to knock a 79, so I was happy with that. Very Not good. as good as Bryn. Bryn's the scratch golfer. So. Ah, there we go. How's, yeah. how's oh, your mate. game been going, Bryn? Um, it's been going not too bad, but 79. Jeez, Jeff, that's, oh, uh, no, that's mate. bloody impressive. A, a lot of um, bloody impressive. <laughs> a lot of jammy, um, jammy shots out there, though. It's just one of those days. Bryn Hall, nah, James Parsons. It's not, it's, not, it's not jammy, mate. It's not jammy if it's 79. There's I'll have no to get you guys on the course together soon to settle a few scores, I think. Great to see you guys again. Uh, thanks for your time again today, as always. And that is Aotearoa Rugby Pod for another week. Ross Carl will be back from his vacation next week. We'll catch you later.